Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Next month, I'll be boarding a plane and heading to Hanoi with Crosstalk Global. This is my fourth year training biblical communicators in Vietnam. And while the preparations for this trip and the trip itself usually disrupts our production schedule, I've come up with a plan. Stay tuned after the story for the details. It's also going to involve rewards for our awesome patrons over at Patreon. Our story today was written by H.A. Titus. H.A. Titus is usually found with her nose in a book or spinning story worlds in her head. Her love affair with fantasy began at age 12 when her dad handed her The Lord of the Rings after listening to it on tape during a family vacation. Her stories have been published in Digital Dragon Magazine, Residential Aliens Magazine, Splickety Prime, and four anthologies, Alternative Witness, Avenir Electia, Volume 1, The Tannis Wife and Other Stories, and Different Dragons, Volume 2. Her short story, Dragon Dance, won an honorable mention in the December 2013 Writers of the Future. She lives on the shores of Lake Superior with her meteorologist husband and young son, who do their best to ensure she occasionally emerges into the real world, usually for some kind of adventure. When she's not writing, she can be found rock climbing, mountain biking, or skiing. She is also the author of Forged Steel, book one of the Crucible series. If you like modern and urban fantasy stories, you should check this one out. You can find H.A. Titus online at www.hatitus.com. Follow her on Twitter at H.A. Titus Writing. You can also find her on Facebook. Head to the show notes for all the direct links. So now, without further ado, The Untold Podcast presents... Space Wings by H.A. Titus. I zipped up my jumpsuit, adjusted the slim oxygen pack attached to my shoulders, and took a deep breath. My stomach churned as I stared at my reflection in the polished metal wall. The red suit looked like a big warning beacon. Cadet Davos, Lieutenant Everick strode into the locker room. Are you ready for your flight or not? I snapped a quick salute. Ready as I'll ever be, sir. The lieutenant held the locker room door open for me. I scrambled past him and into the hangar. The huge gunmetal gray space echoed with a cacophony of dock workers' shouts, the beeps of loading cranes and segways, and the loud flutter of wings. Crates obscured much of my view of the ground. Dragons were everywhere, walking upright, flapping beside hovercraft, doing aerial acrobatics, and climbing on the catwalk beside ant-sized workers. They hung upside down on the mesh-covered ceiling, their wings wrapped around their heads. The myriad of bright colors reflected off the polished metal walls, creating a dazzling kaleidoscope. Come along, cadet, Lieutenant Everick strode past me. I trotted in his wake, dodging a group of jogging fighter pilots in blue jumpsuits. We stepped around a forklift. In a small clearing, surrounded on the far side by small fighter ships, and the other side by cabled bundles of crates, stood a dark pink dragon and an engineer. The dragon stood on its hind legs, shrugging a flexible harness webbing over its shoulders. I stopped and stared. My gut felt like a thousand dragons were careening around inside. 
five years here at the Academy, training hundreds of hours, beating out dozens of other candidates. And here I was, ready for my first space flight. Now, if I could just survive it. Shut that maw, cadet. We don't need to see how many teeth you have, Lieutenant Everett barked. The dragon and engineer turned toward us. I snapped my mouth shut, my face and neck heating. The engineer shook hands with the lieutenant. Hey there, Everick. This must be the test cadet for the day. My name's Garvin. He held his hand toward me. I gripped it, trying to keep my own hands steady. Lieutenant handed me a communicator ring. Go ahead and introduce yourself. He inclined his head toward the dragon. I weighed the ring in my palm, then slipped it onto my right hand ring finger. It hugged the skin, covering my finger from the joint to the second knuckle, and flexed as I moved. I held up my hand and made eye contact with the dragon, like I'd been taught in class. The dragon nodded and dropped down to all four paws. I placed my hand on its shoulder and spoke. It's good to meet my battle mate. My name is Isaac Davos. My, my, my flesh, the dragon replied, the voice low and distinctly male. I almost dropped my hand. Pink, pink, pink male, male dra dragon? dragon? Yes, yes, I know. I know. Lex rolled his eyes. I pulled the neck of my jumpsuit. <sighs> sorry, 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 you weren't, you weren't supposed, supposed, supposed to hear that. Hear that. Don't bother about, 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 about it. You'll get used to Lex crouched. Shall we, shall we, shall we begin? begin? I glanced over my shoulder at Lieutenant Everick and Garvin. The engineer gave me a thumbs up. I hooked my boot into the harness rigging that hugged Lex's side and boosted myself onto his back. Garvin stepped up and pulled the harness over my shoulders, showing me how to buckle myself in. He handed me my helmet, streamlined like a fighter pilot's but enclosed like a spacewalker's. I fit it over my head and heard a faint hiss as he connected the breathing tube to the slim pack on my back. Garvin directed us to a smaller launching hatch off to the side. Lex considerately walked on all fours to get there. I couldn't imagine riding on an upright dragon like some of the officers did. Once we were in the hatch, they sealed off the inner door. I took a deep breath, staring at the outer door. Finally, I was here, though... I didn't understand how the dragons could fly in the vacuum of space. The class on the science of dragonflight had gone right over my head. I was here to fly. Ready, ready? ready? Lex asked. As, as, as I'll, I'll ever, ever be. be. I answered, tightening my grip on the harness. The outer door popped open. Air rushed past us, and water vapor froze as it jettisoned out the door. The vacuum tugged me forward in my harness. Lex's claws slipped on the slick metal, and we slid a few feet toward the door. My heart stuttered. Horror stories of first flights tumbled through my thoughts. Dragons injuring their wings and being laid up for weeks. Cadets getting torn from their harnesses. Lex staggered, managed to get his footing, and folded his wings tight as we were sucked out of the hatch and launched into space. I swallowed my yelp of surprise. My body floated up, tugging at the harness straps. This was it? Space felt, even looked, empty. Weird. I'd always thought of it as clustered tight with stars and galaxies. We were floating in the middle of a huge blank space, 
suspended by nothing and guided only by the flap of Lex's wings. The stars were bright and so sharp they looked like they were floating right beside me. Look over there. Lex swiveled. I gasped. A galaxy swirled below us, bright yellow and green, planets and stars speckling it like glowing spots of glitter. An empty spot, filled with the glimmer of distant stars, gaped at the center of the galaxy. The whole thing had to be millions of miles across, yet it looked like it could fit inside my footlocker. For a moment, we hovered, staring at the brilliant colors around us. Lieutenant Everick's voice crackled in my earpiece. You all right, cadet? Yes, sir. I pushed myself to the side to get a better look at the galaxy. Not feeling twitchy or claustrophobic? No, sir. How's Lex? How, How are, are you? Very well. Can you, you ask, ask the lieutenant when, when the test, test will start? start? I chuckled. Lex is fine. He wants to know when the test will start. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you two passed with excellent marks. I blinked and tried to scratch my head. My hand thudded against my helmet. Sir, I don't understand. You handled yourselves well during the exit, which was intentionally more forceful than our flyers usually experience. In addition, you don't seem to be giving in to the space sickness. The words sent a chill up my back. I'd seen it myself when I first moved into the academy ship. Some of the students couldn't handle the vast, infinite, cold emptiness of space. The kids who couldn't sleep, the ones who felt overwhelmingly claustrophobic, the ones who wouldn't look out of the ship's windows. They'd been shipped home within the first week. One or two of them had even turned violent, desperate to get away from the despair they felt. There was a reason. Some people said space sucked out your soul. I squinted as the sunlight reflected off space debris light years away. Lex twitched his wings. I, I hear you. I flinched. <laughs> Sorry. That wasn't an admonition. I hear you. I understand. Space is beautiful. I don't know why some are frightened of it. I nodded. The dragon got it. The vastness, the emptiness, rather than frightening me, I saw it as an opportunity. Who knew what was out there, waiting to be explored? A burst of static broke over my calm. Okay, cadet. Time to bring it in. I told Lex, and we swung toward the ship. We entered the chamber, sealing the outer door behind us. The inner opened with a pneumatic hiss, and Garvin helped us clamber out of our harness and flight paraphernalia. A bell peeled over the general rumble of noise in the hangar, and everyone stopped whatever they were doing and glanced toward the glassed-in observation bay. I squinted. Several figures stood behind the glass. I was almost certain that one of them was Lieutenant Everick. Attention! It was Lieutenant Everick's voice over the speakers, all right. Everyone, please welcome our latest addition to the Empiric Wings Battle Squad, Cadet Isaac Davos. A loud ripple of cheers and applause crashed through the hangar. My neck and ears burned. Garvin slapped my shoulder, making me jolt forward a step. Well, how was it? You gonna keep your wings? I glanced at Lex. The pink dragon grinned and winked at me. Oh yeah, I said. I'm hooked.
And that was our story. I hope you liked it. Before we go, remember that. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Please remember to join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us nice reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us, support us on Patreon, and tell your friends. And seriously, the Patreon support is much needed. Lots of resources go into a production like this, and your financial support makes it possible. And thank you for taking the time to write iTunes reviews. We're up to four. I know leaving iTunes reviews is a task, but five-star reviews are what help get the word out about this show. By the end of the summer, I hope we can get that number up to 10. Which brings me back to Hanoi. One of the challenges of recording in Hanoi is that it is incredibly noisy everywhere. Last year, I purchased a travel microphone but couldn't find a quiet place to record. But this year, (laughs) this year, I'm going to record on the streets. That's right. Motorbikes, loud conversations, and everything else is going to be a part of our special episode. More than that, we are going to feature the names of all of our great patrons, past and present, within the story. So if you want to be a part of this production and get your name or the name of someone you love into this episode, you have until June 10th to become a patron over at Patreon. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brennan, Fred Heimbach, Clayton Webb, Jen Finelli, Parker J. Cole, Lauren Van Arendonk Ba, and Nathan and Casey Butler. And I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you there was a reason some people said space sucked out your soul. There can be only one.